Welcome back to Actors with Issues, a weekly podcast where we interview the rising stars of TV, film, and Broadway and give you an inside look at the entertainment industry from the ground level. I'm your host, Juan Ayala. Today, I am joined by actor Jason Caceres, who you have seen on Netflix's Insatiable CBS series Criminal Minds, and he's currently starring in the indie series Boy Culture, which is currently kicking ass in the festival circuit. Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm super excited we get to do this. Super cool to connect in like this way that we did. Um, so for those who don't know, I um, was previously interviewed on the Latin Babbler show. Jason was interviewed in a separate episode about our respective countries of origin or descendants. Um, and we were on that show and we sort of connected through that. I was like, oh, there's an actor that I could have on my show as well. And here we are. <laughs> here we are. It, it all was all meant to be. Uh, so let's dive into our first segment. It's called Getting to Know You. It's just a rapid fire round of questions to get to know Jason a little better. And we always start with an easy one. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Like three cups. As I, as I looked over at my jar of iced coffee. Uh, <laughs> I can't function without oh, it. Oh, yeah, I can't. It's I'm not going to get through the day. Uh, what is the first job that you ever had? Hollister. Um, you know how like had those like people standing at the front wearing jeans so I was offered that and I was like mm, no I was 16 um and I was like can I actually apply for they called it an impactor it was terrible I thought I was so grown up too because I was like I have a job now I have a bank account <laughs> and I'm making so much money because you know that was before I had to pay for rent thanks mom right um, <laughs> man what was the first acting job that you had so we'll do first role and then first acting job, like your paid job. Okay, first role, it was an unpaid student film uh, called Iron Nick. Um, mm. It was back in Miami, Florida. Um, I had just gotten into college, so I was like 18, started studying theater. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if you know this, but if you go to college for theater, they don't allow you to audition. Um, but I did it anyway. So I was still auditioning. I got a few little roles here and there. But the first one was a short film in Miami, Florida called Iron Nick, where I played Nick, um, who was a severely disturbed um, individual who ended up um, murdering his mother, his girlfriend, his neighbor. Um, it was so cool because it was my first <laughs> time on set ever. I had the lead role. Um, I had this prop knife. I got to like pretend to stab people. There was fake blood everywhere. I was like, this is what I'm meant to do. Act, <laughs> like murder people. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it was super cool. Um, that was unpaid. My first actual paid acting gig um, when I moved out to Los Angeles was a music video for Steve Grand, who is a, mm -hmm. a very popular LGBTQ um, the media has labeled him as a country artist, um, but I've spoken to him about this before and he hates that. So he is not the first mm. gay country artist at all. He is just the, the biggest LGBTQ artist who also sings country sometimes. So my first job ever was playing the 15 year old version of Steve Grant in his music video, Back to California. Did you post something recently regarding Steve Grant? I feel like I, did. I okay. I thought so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did. So it's it's kind of come full circle. It's very interesting because he he gave me my first acting job. He was on this mm. upward trajectory in his career. It was his last music video, uh, All American Boy, had just gone viral. 
um, which is mm. why he was like first gay country artist, first gay country artist, right. um, which he hated. Um, so <laughs> the second music video was back to California. I played his 15 year old self. This was like seven, eight years ago. Um, and then fast forward to boy culture where I'm the series regular, um, second lead in the series. Um, and Steve Grand is one of our guest stars. So he my first job. And then now he's in my show. <laughs> That's so sweet. I love that. <laughs> yeah, so it kind of came full circle. He went to the premiere in Chicago, um, wrote a wonderful um, Instagram post about it um, mm. where he kind of like mentioned that he gave me my first job and that no one should ever forget it. And I'm like, all right, Steve. <laughs> okay. yes, I, I have not forgotten it. I mention it very frequently uh, <laughs> and I thank him a lot for it. Um, but it mm. was, it's kind of a funny moment. Yeah. Uh, would you rather play the hero or the villain? The villain. The villain, for sure. I have not been able to yet, aside from Iron Nick now. Wow, what a memory you unlocked. Um, <laughs> but my dream role has always been kind of like a Norman Bates type thing. Mm. Um, hopefully, someone is listening and is like, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, drama or comedy? I feel like the answer is drama. <laughs> um, yeah, drama, but I love, but I only watch comedies. Mm. But I would. Well, yeah, because if you're on set for dramas all the time, you're like, I need to lighten the mood. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like comedies are my go to when I like just come home from work. I'm like, I need to disconnect. Mm. I want to just laugh at silly, stupid sitcoms. Um, and I say stupid in the best way possible because right. favorite thing to watch. Uh, but acting in dramas, watching comedies. Uh, what is a movie that never fails to make you laugh? Euro Trip. <laughs> Throwback. Wow. I haven't seen that movie in so long. I, yeah. Scotty. Yeah. Scotty doesn't know. Um, <laughs> my family's favorite movie to watch. We have watched it an unhealthy amount of time um, for, for no particular reason at all. If there's like nothing to do and we're just all hanging out together and we're like, hey, want to open a bottle of wine and watch Euro Trip? <laughs> yeah, the answer is always yes. Um, I love that. That was one of those. Say again? I love that movie. It's, it's my go-to answer when everybody's, whenever someone's like, what's your favorite movie? And I know as an actor, people expect you to say like, oh, this Oscar nominated film or oh, mm. this really obscure indie feature that only played in Mumbai. Um, but mine is like, <laughs> Euro trip. Yeah, that's my favorite movie. What you got to say oh, about man. <laughs> uh, And what is a movie that never fails to make you cry? The first thing coming to mind is The Notebook. And that is a complete and utter lie because I did not cry during that movie. But, mm. oh, you know what? This is going to sound really cheesy. But my mom and I also, my mom plays a big part in my life, if you haven't gathered from this. Um, <laughs> my mom and I love Save the Last Dance. And like, we always cry again, not another movie that people would be like, wow, it's so heartbreaking. But like, yeah, Save the Last Dance is like another Euro trip is number one, Save the Last Dance is number two. And it's very heartbreaking, but at the same time, so inspiring. And I'm like, yes, you, <laughs> you get your ballet school, Julia Stiles. And then a single tear falls. <laughs> follow your dreams. Tear. Yes, follow your dreams. <laughs> And uh, last question, describe your worst audition in three words and then no further explanation is needed. 
just three words and we'll leave that to the imagination oh god in three words i know the audition i i just don't know how i can describe it in three words it was such a train wreck oh such <laughs> a train wreck so- <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's go back to the beginning. You mentioned you were born and raised in Miami and you're now in L.A. But before the big move, uh, when did you start performing? So I actually started performing. Um, uh, let's, I want to say third. No, second grade, second grade, because um, my third grade teacher was also my brother's third grade teacher. He's a year older than me um, mm. when he was in the third grade and I was in second. Um, he was a little shy. Um, as was I, but my mm. third grade teacher told my mom that she should put both of us in acting classes to help us break out of our shell a little bit. Um, so instead, my mom put us in the Boy Scouts, <laughs> um, <laughs> which did have um, kind of like skits and stuff. Also, I was eventually more inclined to theater than my brother was. Um, I took over the whole skit development section of our troupe. Um, so would have these like, um, retreats, I guess. I, I don't know if they're called retreats, but like Boy Scout outings where you'd go and compete with other troops. And one of the competitions mm-hmm. was, um, a skit competition. You'd have to like write your own, make it funny, be original, blah, 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 whatever. Um, so I was put in charge of that. Um, I don't know if we ever won. I can't remember, but it was a lot of fun. And then I just started taking acting classes in school growing up and then eventually went to school for theater. Um, So speaking of you got your BFA at uh, Florida International University Mm -hmm. and you also mentioned and it's an interesting point you brought up before that um, for for the majority of drama programs which is very annoying when you're in the program you're not allowed to audition which to me is like the dumbest thing like why are you hindering your students from Mm -hmm. pursuing opportunity like uh, there was a guest who was on the show uh, uh, last year, uh, Clay Thompson. He's like a working Broadway actor now um, and like does like national tours and stuff. But he like never finished because he got like, he booked West Side Story. Yeah. Um, like his freshman year. And they were like, yeah, well, if you leave now and you come back, you have to start over. Like you can't continue. You have to start over. And I'm just like, what? And what? why? Like it's it just, it's so crazy to me. And mind you, there's a lot of actors out there. I feel like actor like Lee Michelle comes to mind. Like she also didn't go to school for like mm-hmm. this post, like into college. Um, I mean, kudos to you for still auditioning while you were in school. And because, I mean, it, it just, it's so silly to not be allowed yeah. to do that, but you know, yeah, actors really have to take it upon themselves to, to do it. But yeah. What was that experience like for you in, in school? It was, um, it was interesting. And I understand why that policy is in place because then people do get jobs and they leave um, and don't finish their training. So I, I understand why schools do that. Um, but at the same time, I, I wish that I could urge schools to be a little bit more open because most of the learning, um, at least in my experience, has been on set and not in a classroom. Classrooms are such a like um, sterile closed safe environment that and and acting is the exact opposite of that like you cannot act in a vacuum or in a bubble Mm. you know you you need real life experience you need um events to draw from you need different kinds of people from different walks of life you're not always going to act with another 18 year old college kid who's you know 
parents paid for their school or, you know, I, I got a scholarship right. or who is on a scholarship. Like there's so many different things that you encounter in this career that I wish they would encourage people to kind of venture out a little bit more, do some auditions here and there, um, work with their schedule a little bit, but also I understand that even if you go to school for theater, it, it does fall into the educational, you know, program and, there's only so much colleges can work with you because if you're a law student and you miss three classes, that's not good either. But it was, I, tr- I made it work. <laughs> I made it work. Um, I booked a lot of like short films. Most of them didn't pay. Um, I actually got my first, uh, oh, then Steve Grand, Steve Grand gave me my first job in LA, but my first actual paying job was a youth mm. show in Miami. Um, it was America's Most Wanted. It's a recreation show. Um, right. But it was a union show. Um, and I was like, I'm doing this because it's union. It pays really well. It's going to be on TV. So I had pink eye, quote unquote, <laughs> and missed school for three days. Then I booked uh, a Norwegian commercial uh, a few months after that shot for two days. And I had, um, this is going to be terrible, but I had an unexpected death in the family, quote unquote. So I missed school for like, days. sorry, but who's not used that excuse? Yeah. That's the only time that they're like, oh, by all means, go ahead. Yeah. Um, and my mom's <laughs> really super supportive. She had this saying, it's going to sound so terrible, but it's different in Latin cultures. It's completely different. But she would just be like, eh, mata un tío. Like, <laughs> kill one of your uncles. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, oh, man. is this? is this okay to say? And my mom's like, who cares? Your uncles are alive. They're fine. The school doesn't need to know. And I'm like, okay. So oh I try, I made it work in that regard. Uh, but mm-hmm. I was always very diligent in doing my work. Um, if I knew I was going to miss uh, doing my work ahead of time, like if I had a project coming up, or obviously if you have like a performance, there's you can't make that up. Um, but like for a stage lighting class, I would make sure my projects were handed, uh, ahead of time. If I had like something in my stage management class, I'd ask for an extension. Um, I was very diligent and always did my work. Um, but it was, it was kind of like a juggling act. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, uh, like, again, kudos to you for being able to balance both of them. Um, to me, if a school will really hinder their students from pursuing other opportunity. They have to, or they should provide opportunity. Like they should have a partnership with like the film program and like say like, you'll have all of this. But like, to me, it's always frustrating when like, you know, a a recent graduate will like, they'll have their degree. And like the first question they get asked, of course, if they were to go meet with an agent or manager, do you have a reel? And like, well, no, because I haven't done any on-camera work and whatnot a lot of these programs will have like showcases at the end of the other programs. And the first thing that an agent or manager asks is, or that while these get you in the door is a reel. And it's like, if you've only done your school plays and nobody recorded anything, cause it's never allowed. It's like, mm-hmm. you don't have, like you're not setting up your students for success to leave here and immediately be able to like, to get, have all the materials they need, you know, like, okay, they have a resume and a degree in training, but, Exactly. Did you teach audition technique more than one workshop or one masterclass? Like that's another thing that I've noticed a lot too. Um, one of my last guests, we were talking about that, how a lot of schools 
don't teach audition technique enough. They'll teach acting technique, but it's like, okay, do you have a process to break down your 10 pages that are due tomorrow for your first series regular? Yeah. You know, like it's just, yeah, you got a killer monologue, but nobody asked for monologues anymore. Exactly. Nobody does their monologues. And we have a whole semester of monologue classes. There are no monologues in TV and film. No, none at all. Um, unless maybe like you're at Oscar level performances and there's like, you know, right. a two minute monologue in like this Oscar nominated film. Uh, but most films just don't do that anymore. Um, also that the acting, not to like knock on acting schools and stuff, but most of the acting that is taught is very theatrical and mm-hmm. um, outside of Broadway in the United States. I, I don't see a viable career in that right. anymore. Um, I'm not saying it wasn't before, you know, like a, a huge venue uh, for artists, but now I, I'm, I wish I could also urge theater schools to include a film and TV acting track that is more than mm. one class. Cause we did have one class in that the four years that I went to theater school. Right. Um, because times are changing. It's there's more. It's yeah. in film than anything now, um, and it's a very different kind of acting. Yeah, for sure. Um, just thinking of like you know going back to the monologues. Like it's the only time a character has a monologue is when their character is literally giving a speech, or like ranting or rambling at someone. And it's like you don't come across that that much anymore. Again, again, unless it's like the big that iconic scene from the Oscar winning movie or whatever. And at that point, everyone knows that scene. Like if you look up monologues from movies, some of the first ones that pop up are from like goodwill hunting. And like, everybody does those because it's the only ones that are out there for young male characters. Yeah. Um, so like, if everyone's doing it, what's the point? Like, and I also like, you're rarely asked to bring your own material to anything. unless it's like musical theater but even then it's like seeing in the style of the show or here's a cut we prepared for you to do like yeah so the whole it's just very dated and like mind you i i love acting teachers and these instructors but like when's the last time that they acted a lot of times they just teach and it's like you're not in the know of the state of the industry anymore and like you were saying there's so much content out there um, with all of these new streaming services, plus network TV, plus cable, plus premium, like there's yeah. more stuff out there than ever before. And it's not like Broadway has exploded and there's theater everywhere. It's like, yeah, it's just a little, it's, it's frustrating to see that the education of the industry is not changing while the industry is constantly changing. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And like, I, I mean, I know you're, you're based in New York. I'm out here in um, LA. I'm not sure how it is mm-hmm. in New York, but um like you said, I've never been asked to bring my own material. I've never been asked to do a monologue to audition. Um, even if, because I've done a lot of theater out here in LA also, um, but it's mainly 99C equity theaters, equity waivers. Even in those situations where I have done um, small plays out here, mm. they ask for a reel. Um, they don't ask for a monologue. They want sides from the play that they send you ahead of time. Uh, mm. very rarely have we ever done monologues and because it's small 99 seat theaters and 99 seat is just like what the contract is called most of these theaters have 40 seats um it's a very different style of acting it's much more similar to tv and film than actual mm. broadway style theater yeah like the back row is five feet in front of you it's not 
the back of the Broadway house, you know, exactly. it's like way more intimate. Yeah. And that's why I feel like we see a lot of TV actors, they'll do like a random off Broadway play or even if they do a Broadway show, it's still in a smaller theater. They won't be in the 1500. They'll be in like the cutoff yeah. of like 501, just like as small and intimate as you can keep it. Um, yeah. And I mean, there's nothing because like, that's what they're used to. Yeah. I, I love theater. If, if I could make a living doing only theater out here in Los Angeles, I would, because there's nothing like the energy of a live audience. I, mm-hmm. it's absolutely intoxicating. Um, but it's just not viable. Uh, is there anything that you know now that you wish you had learned earlier in your career? Uh, yes. So many things. Um, <laughs> first one to kind of tie back to what we were previously talking about anyway, is I, I do kind of wish, and again, nothing against my school or my teachers. I do wish that I had, because I knew that this is what I wanted to do for almost my entire life. I do wish I had skipped college and moved out here and gotten some real life experience and a four year head start um, because a mm. lot of it is um, who you know, what you've built up for yourself. So the connections you've made doing like the student films to the short films, to the feature films, to then TV, to then network TV, to then like you build those. Yeah. Um, so in waiting an extra four years, that's four years of building that I didn't do. Um, and even so after college, if you do move out to New York or Los Angeles, you still have to be in weekly classes anyway, because art, is, I mean, acting is a craft. It's not like right. the degree that you get and you, you know what you're doing for the rest of your life. Um, it's- oh, so many out there think they know. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That's really frustrating too. Yeah. Like I got my degree four years ago. What have you done since then? Like <laughs> Exactly. Like I don't need no shade, but <laughs> brush up on technique because I got a four year degree. Okay. Well, you should still, even chefs take courses every once mm. in a while to learn a new technique to perfect their omelets or croissants or whatever they make um it's it's a it's a craft you know it's a it's a long journey so that is one thing also the fact that there is no right way to do a scene there's no right way to perform an audition um so much of like my first to possibly even three or four years out here, I would stress over every audition because I'd think about like, what is it that the casting director wants? What do they want? Do they want to do it mm-hmm. this way? This is the right way to do it. No, there's only one way to do this scene. This is what they're looking for. Cause I saw the other episodes of the show. It's this, <laughs> um, where what they're really looking for is who brings the most interesting character. Sometimes mm-hmm. they don't even know what they want. They're like, I don't know, I guess. To mention earlier, we're looking for a gay Latino. Uh, and then be like, okay, I got to play really gay and really Hispanic. <laughs> but like, also, I'm a gay Latino. So why not just do it the way I would do it? I had to learn that. It took me a while because I've only had a manager for about a year and a half now. Um, literally in the middle of the pandemic, I like signed with my first manager. Yay, congrats. Thank you. Um, and it was the first time that I was having consistent TV auditions and whatnot. And it's just like, well, theater, like there's a way to play the role or whatever. It's like also learning that like what the casting director wants, they might love you. And I've heard a lot of stories over the last year and a half of doing this podcast, too, of guests saying that like the casting director loved me, but the director didn't love me or the producer didn't like me or whatever. Or You got to like final callback and then it was a no. So it's like something about your performance will work. 
Mm-hmm. There's you can't, there's so much guesswork too that a thousand different reasons why you don't book a role. Yeah. It doesn't always go to the best actor. Sometimes you're too tall. Sometimes you're not brown enough to the rest of the family that's playing the Hispanic family in the show. Like, you know, yeah. you could be the last ones being cast and it's literally a look. It's down to look. Yeah. I have, you know? I have two stories that relate to that. Um, do we have time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> the first one is um, back in Miami. I made it all the way to um, the producer session for a national McDonald's commercial, which would have set me up for a very long time it was <laughs> it was in a six six digit figures the contract isn't it crazy um, it's insane and it's not one commercial i just want to do one yeah and i don't know if you know but when they when they bring it down to two people you both have to sign the contract before mm. they offer you the part um and this goes for tv also because that's happened to me before too um so that once they offer you you can't renegotiate and be like oh you want me i want more money so you both see right. the amounts that you would potentially make. Um, and then they pick one of you after that. And I didn't get it because I was not blonde. That's it. That's the only reason. It came down to the last two of us and they went with the blonde kid because um, it fit better with everybody else that they had cast. Um, Jesus. Yeah. So there's that completely out of, out of my hands. Um, the second to mention with... Um, tie back in what you said with casting directors um my first network role was a guest star on criminal minds mm-hmm. um i and my uh the question earlier where you were like what was your worst audition my worst audition was the first time i went into for criminal minds it was a train wreck um, mm-hmm. but i went in it was my first major audition out here for a network didn't get it it was a train wreck i blew i blew it at every step of the way um I don't know if the casting director took pity on me or what, but he brought me back in a second time. Didn't get it. Uh, Brought me back in a third time. Didn't get it. I auditioned six times over a three-year span for Criminal Minds because the casting director liked me so much. Like He had seen me do so many different scenes already. Um, Hopefully he forgot about that first one. Um, but he brought me in to play like uh, the kidnapped girl's best friend, like gay best friend for the second audition. Didn't get that one. He brought me in for the third audition. It was like a 14 year old murderer. Didn't get that one. Uh, brought me in for the fourth audition was, I think, just like this like, innocent kid who like just gave a witness testimony that was crying or whatever. Didn't get that one. Um, didn't get the fifth, didn't get the sixth. The seventh <laughs> time he called me, I didn't even audition for the role I got. He was like, The one you actually booked? Yeah, I didn't audition for it. Wow. Um, he was like, Hi, this is super last minute. We start shooting this weekend. We haven't been able to find someone. I had so many tapes of you. I just showed them to the producers and they were like, Sure, give it to him. Wow. Yeah. So to tie back into your story, you never know. Yeah. There's this quote that I really like is um, you never know how many rooms people have already brought up your name before you even step in. Right. So you don't know, you know, so much is out of your hands as an actor. Um, You just kind of got to weather the storm a bit. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, So on our show, we always like to provide insight and shed light on issues that actors commonly face, hence the name of the show, Actors with Issues. Um, And you had shared in the responses that um, self-esteem was something that you had struggled with a lot. So what's something that you can share um, in regards to that, to shed some light for our listeners? Um, Yeah, yeah, I think this this ties back closely to not getting roles you audition for um because it is such a personal craft i guess you know mm-hmm. you're the product that you're selling like you are literally like the actor that you're trying to sell to pr- production to cast in your show it's very difficult sometimes to separate um the ego from the profession because yeah. as as we were mentioning before um sometimes it has nothing to do with who we are and everything to do with what we look like or what we're perceived as. And it's very difficult to separate. Okay. Well for this, they need someone that actually looks a certain way for this role to work. And I am just simply not that. That doesn't mean that I need to change myself because I would be cast more often. It's just for this specific role. I do not fit the part. Um, and I think it's a very fine line sometimes with actors, especially if you're starting out where you're like, I need to fit the part in order to book these roles. I need to look a certain way. I need to like, why don't they like me? Why haven't they cast me? And it has nothing to do with me. Like, it's not that they don't like me. Um, It's just maybe my acting abilities didn't line up with the role or my hair color didn't line up with the role or my body shape didn't line up with the role. Um, And sometimes, don't want to speak for everyone, but me as a young actor, um, found myself wanting to change my hairstyle, my body type, my body shape, um, everything, because I somehow thought that it would make me more likable or castable. Um, Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with that. Um, So, Definitely, definitely suffered a bit of self-esteem issues first starting out. Um, yeah, and uh, the, the truth of the matter also is that the more confident you are um, in who you are as a person and as an actor, the more roles you'll book, regardless of what you look like. Because I don't know if you've watched TV lately, but there are people of all shapes, colors, genders, uh, ethnicities, backgrounds, origins, um, there's something for everyone. So mm-hmm. You don't need to change who you are or what you look like for one specific role that you really desperately want. Cause there'll be more. I obviously have, like many actors have also dealt with um, similar issues with me. It was a long time ago and it was when I was still doing theater and I was in this position where I was five foot 11 about 230 pounds and I'm like okay so because I was only focused on Broadway I was not focused on TV because 
I had the concept in my mind, like, oh, they don't film any TV or movies in New York. That's all in L.A. So I'm going to do theater because I'm from Connecticut and I'm New York is right there. So I was in this place physically where I was like, I either need to lose a ton of weight to be like the leading man or gain weight and can be considered like the goofy sidekick because the goofy sidekicks are always bigger um, and dealt with some um, slight like body dysmorphia and eating disorders and all of that. And it wasn't until I finally like separated my own uh, wellness and health from my, from the industry that I finally was able to get to a place physically where I felt comfortable. Um, and it's something that I know a lot of actors struggle with. They're like, well, if you look at all the actors in like the big movies, they're all like a certain shape. And I'm like, you know, they have trainers. They have like celebrity trainers that yes, they're in shape when they book the role. But then if you look the before and after pictures, it's like crazy results because like they were paid to go work out. They were given like private chefs to cook all their foods. They didn't have to worry about temptation. And it's like, it's just like, it's so broad the way we look at young actors, especially the way that they look at the whole industry and don't really focus on the reality of, of the situation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I work at a luxury gym out here where we cater to that kind of clientele. I can mm. say with utmost confidence that they do not always look like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them as soon as the, f- the film wrapped great i'm gonna go eat a cheeseburger i'm gonna <laughs> not go to the gym for a month or whatever you know like even and i love the honesty of actors like hugh jackman he's like yeah i trained for 90 days for the one shirtless scene in the movie that's when they do like the you know the last round is like super heavy cardio lighter um heavier lifting he dehydrates himself for like three days to get to like lose the water weight and his it's just like it sounds so and even henry cavill talked about it for the witcher he like dehydrated himself for like the one hot tub scene or whatever it was and it's like yeah it just feels so silly and we still do this today in 2021 we've been talking about this like forever the the it's just not healthy but i love when actors like the two of them are open about it and they're like yeah it sucks it was torture i don't ever want to do it again (laughs) i i do i do credit them for being open about it. I also mm-hmm. wish that as actors who had a, a bigger stake in the industry, they would put their foot down and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I, you're going you're gonna to see what a real in-shape person looks like on a day-to-day basis because they're still in shape. It's just right. they're not like, do we need to be dehydrated? Do we need to train for 90 days before the shirtless scene? Just like show us what you look like as a right. very in-shape, man in your 30s or 40s like it's still yeah. great there's no need for that unrealistic body standard but right. it's like it, you still have that face you're still stunning yeah. like we don't need the rest of, exactly. <laughs> it helps but you don't need it yeah i just wish that because because they have such big influence that they would also be like no i'm not going to do that this is what it looks like you know because we see that yeah. we see that happening with women now like there's women are starting to like say no to these unrealistic beauty standards. And we're starting to show more realistic um, female forms in TV and film. But, and it's not a topic that gets brought up often because men already have so much privilege. So it's kind of like, Oh, almost kind of 
Right. Oh, yeah, I understand. They might think like, oh, like that's what they're complaining about. Like, oh, no, I have to exercise like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But of course, again, we don't see both sides of it. We don't see that they train twice a day. They're up early. They're in bed early, super strict, everything. They can't enjoy anything that they like to eat because their trainers are like, nope, chicken breast and steamed broccoli and brown rice. That's <laughs> that's yeah. it. And I'm like, mm. yeah, it's um. Ugh. And I credit women a lot for this too, because now we're like the female sex icons look a little bit more realistic now, but like, I, and maybe it's because we're queer men and we notice it more, but like, what, when is it going to be time for the men to be like, no, you don't need an eight pack to be sexy. Right. You no, know? it's slowly happening, slowly shifting. Um, I feel like the queer community will be the last one to catch up. Oof. <laughs> but it's it's unrealistic and it's exhausting yeah gosh i could not agree more and just um really quick there's an interview i remember with evangeline lily um mm-hmm. she is the the wasp in ant-man and the wasp she told them for the movie ant-man and the wasp she would not dye her hair she's like i'm over 40 i would like my gray hairs to show yeah let's let it happen so they let it happen and they were like running through her hair and then I remember in the interview, she said that the director was looking at the monitor and they're like, hey, guys, there's something on top of Evangeline's head, like on her hair. Is that dust or what is it? And they're like, it's her gray hair. <laughs> I was like, oh, OK, never mind. Last yeah. looks. <laughs> yeah. Similarly, I don't know if you if you read this article or heard it even. Um, Robert Pattinson for the new Batman, um, mm-hmm. since he's playing the new Batman or whatever, um, the studio did ask him to start lifting heavier and put on more muscle. And he simply said no. Um, which is great. He's like, no, this is what I look like. Um, this is what Batman's going to look like. You decided to cast me based on who I am. And this is who I am. Right. I was like, yes, I love that. But also it's very British of him to do. It's, it's coming from a different culture. I feel like America. Yeah. Has, I feel like they're, yeah, yeah. Yeah. America still has a, a little ways to go to be like, not all leading men need to be 200 pounds of pure muscle and 0% body fat. And it's especially frustrating in the superhero genre. Cause I so badly want to be like, in a Marvel movie, because we need more Latinos in Marvel movies. We literally have like three yep. people and they're not even playing Latinos. One of them's playing a Norse god, one's playing a green alien. And yep. I think that's it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, because I want to be part of that change again, that struggle is like still in my mind. Like you have to like get in better shape or in all of that stuff. But it's like, or you can be the change you want to see in the world. But that doesn't mean the industry is going to change with you just because you are putting your foot down. They'll be like, okay, bye. You know? <laughs> Until you're big enough where they can't be like, okay, bye. They're like, oh, okay. Right. On board. Exactly. Uh, Okay. So we're going to wrap things up with our last segment of the show called Now That We Know You, uh, since we've been chatting for the last 45 minutes or so. I think more than that. Um, But these questions will um, just require a little bit more thinking. They won't be so much rapid fire. So don't worry about like, you know, quick answers. Uh, But it's all grab bag questions. So... What is a world issue that you think more people should care about? Um, uh, LGBTQ safety. That's like the, the one thing that um, people tend to gloss over a lot. Um, and like the, our community is doing, making great strides in that. But a lot of the times it doesn't translate to the general population. And I mm-hmm. speak to this personally also, because if I'm planning, for example, 
I recently just planned a vacation with my best friend who I love. I adore her. Nothing against her. Um, but the first place she brought up was like, oh, why don't we do a couple's trip to Jamaica? And I'm like, I would love that. However, if I went to Jamaica with my husband, we'd probably be murdered. There's very strict anti-LGBT laws. Beheading is actually like legal. So maybe not Jamaica. And she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. And I was like, that's fine. Totally fine. But like, maybe not there. Or for example, my cousin um, recently went to Dubai. And was like, oh my God, you gotta go. And I'm like, rather ah, not. <laughs> I would love to go eventually, but not the safest place. Or just like these things that are not part of people's common knowledge. Yeah, it's, it's not in their consciousness. Exactly. But our community is greatly affected by it. Like, um, for example, when I was planning my honeymoon, um, people in my family were like, oh my God, you should go there. You should go here. You should go here. And I was like, hmm, actually we have three places to choose from if we want to have a romantic week-long trip that we'd be left alone at, you know, where people wouldn't like make it a big deal. There's like three, maybe four, maybe four places that we can actually travel to and be ourselves. Um, there are plenty of other places that we can travel to and pretend to be cousins, which fine, but that's mm -hmm. not not where I am in my life. That's yeah. not what I want to do anymore, you know? So I'll just like for your honeymoon, it's like we're celebrating our marriage. I don't want to go somewhere where we have to pretend that exactly we're roommates, you know? It's like and I know I've brought up international examples, but even domestically, there's oh yeah, probably five cities that we can go to um in the United States where it won't be an issue. Not saying yeah. that they're going to like hunt us down and murder us in other places in the country, but will they make it severely uncomfortable for us? Absolutely. Um, and just like uh, everything recently in the news too, I'm not sure if um, I get a lot of LGBTQ news uh, delivered directly to me, to my inbox. Uh, mm. There's a lot of places right now that are actively pursuing and executing um, members of our community. So LGBTQ safety is uh, an issue that I am very fond of. Um, I do some work sometimes with this company called Modern Exodus, mm -hmm. where they um, raise money and funds to provide a visa, a one-way plane ticket, uh, first month's rent, and job placement for members of the LGBTQ community in countries that have severe anti-LGBT laws. Um, mm. Unfortunately, because of the pandemic, they had to stop that for a brief moment. Um, but they do great work. They try hard as they can to get these people out of this country and into the United States and place them somewhere safe, um, like mm. New York, Miami, Los Angeles. Um, and they set them up. They like, you know, give them a green card, a job, their first month's rent. So that is an issue that's very close to me. Yeah. What is the organization called? Modern Exodus. Modern Exodus. Yeah. All right. Everyone go support. Yes. They greatly need funding right now. They had to stop providing um, these services to people very recently, which is kind of heartbreaking because sometimes I get messages from people in these countries um, asking to be connected to them and there's no funding. There's no funding. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of sad. Is there a role that got away? 
Oh, one. <laughs> <laughs> so many. Um, oh God. The first one coming to mind is um, I actually auditioned for the role of Harvey in the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Back. Oh, really? He was supposed to be Latino. Um, and then they cast Ross Lynch, um, who's a great actor, but couldn't be further from Latino. Um, so that one, oh God, there's so many. Um, but that's the only one sticking to mind at the moment. Mine was, I can say this now, I think, because it aired. Um, mine was Marvel related, but then after seeing the project, I was like, oh, that wasn't as prominently featured as I would have wanted. You know, I'm like, if I'm going to go to a major franchise like that, I want it to be a significant yeah. role. So I'm like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it was meant to be. <laughs> yes. I, I, I auditioned for Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, did you really? I did. But that was a long shot. I'm not a gymnast. I'm not, not nothing. Tom Holland deserves that role. He's he is Spider-Man. Yeah, um, literally. <laughs> like, who am I? You know? Um, but I auditioned for that one too. Uh, God, there have been so many. I'm sure you know as a, as an actor also. Um, yeah. Who can you say who you auditioned for for the Marvel show? So I don't know for sure because it wasn't a named character in the script because they never are. Everything's like redacted and all you know, just like no, the most like bland scene in description that wasn't in the actual show. Yeah. But I just have an inkling that it was. I know it was for a streaming series. So it was, I think it was for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And it was for the Hispanic military kid who helps them out. Because the role was just named Driver. And he was kind of like their driver, like the military yeah. um, driver. And, you know, he was in several episodes, but it was just not a significant role in the series because obviously it was not falcon or the winter soldier um but yeah so in reality i would love to play white tiger who is a marvel character who is a lawyer and a superhero um his name is hector ayala and my name is juan ayala so i'm like here we go let's just you know it's um, connecting it's all there exactly yeah and like i'm like he's a lawyer so he's like in his 30s he's not like some young scrappy superhero it's like nope he's an established adult so we'll give me yeah give me a couple years we'll get there (laughs) 17 what are you talking about <laughs> oh honey it's the lighting it's the ring light mijo i am almost 30 it's <laughs> wow i mean you look way younger than you are too like thank you you're over 30 actually, not to i mean no one in the industry doesn't need to this so that's fine but <laughs> actually 12 <laughs> um here's a question on the list do you feel younger or older than your actual age um i feel older i feel much older than i actually am and then i actually look uh <laughs> I'm like an I'm I'm a old Cuban grandmother inside. Uh, I don't ever I don't want to go out. <laughs> I don't want to do anything aside from like maybe go out to like a restaurant and have some like good food and then go home and watch Netflix. Um, right. Oh my god, that's me too. Yeah, I hate technology. Um, I hate working out, but I force myself to because of these, you know, industry standards. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like an 80 year old Cuban grandmother. <laughs> yeah, I've been an old curmudgeon since I was like 13 years old. I don't seem it, but like legit, like if it's like 
staying because I also love to cook. So I'm like, I don't like going. I like going out to have good food. But if I can make it at home, I'm going to just stay home and make it. Yeah. You know, so it's also used to be a bartender. So like I can make drinks and whatnot. So I'm like, what do I have to go out for? I'm like a cheap date. I will make <laughs> you dinner. I will make you the drinks. And you just choose the movie. Yeah. Or whatever. But like, oh, we got to hang out. If you're ever here or I'm over there, we'll set yeah, it up. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. Um, I'm very boring. I don't do anything ever. I'm also not allowed to cook. Um, I've set uh, three different kitchen fires. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And like full on flames. Not like when people are like <laughs> being cute and like, oh, my God, I my kitchen on fire. Burned it. It's just like a little spark. <laughs> no, like full on. Like there are burn marks on my wall. Uh, last question. In 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young actor? In 10 words or less. OK. Be yourself. And. Don't listen to other people do you. (laughs) I'm like, wow, this is, I'm struggling. Um, Yes, just be yourself and don't listen to other people. Do you. Jason, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Uh, Where can people find you on Instagram if they want to give you a follow? Yeah, so I've made it very easy. All of my handles are Jason S. And then my last name, Gasseris. So Jason S. Gasseris, C-A-C-E-R-E-S on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat. It's all the same. I made it very friendly <laughs> um, because I'm an 80-year-old woman and I hate technology. And you all can follow us on Instagram, Actors with Issues. Give me a follow at Juan Ayala Official. A big thank you to our sponsor, Anchor, for supporting the show. You can head on over to anchor.fm to get started on your very own podcast, 100% free. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review wherever you're listening and catch new episodes every Friday on all podcasting platforms. I'm Juan Ayala. That's Jason Casares. This is Actors with Issues and we'll see you next week.